today's sermon is on hope. And I'm going to be preaching from Romans chapter 8. Uh, Romans chapter 8 is one of the most educative chapters on what Christian hope really looks like. I think uh, my next two to three sermons at least is going to be on this chapter. John Piper has preached a total of 65 sermons from this chapter. I think I should be able to manage two, three at least. Uh, But for today, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter. We're going to be looking at verses 19 to 26. Romans chapter 8, verses 19 to 26. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to that passage. But allow me to read that out for us. I'm beginning to read from verse 19 onwards. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. What hope? Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. This is God's word. Allow me to pray for us. Father, we pray That as we reflect on real and authentic Christian hope, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We pray that the hope that Christ Jesus established for us, would you help us to experience that in the now, in the present, despite all that's happening all around the world. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm hoping to tackle just one big theme and one question in the sermon today morning. Is it easy to be hopeful? Is it easy to practice Christian hope? Somewhere down the line, we have all come to believe that Christian hope is easy. Christian hope is free. Yes, it is free. We have that hope because of what Jesus did for us. We don't have to do anything. We only need to enjoy it. Christian hope is free, but it is not easy. We have all wrongly come to assume that just because Christian hope is free, it is also easy. We've wrongly come to assume that Christian hope is easy. Is easy. It's not. 
It is not easy, as we are all discovering this crisis, it is not easy to remain hopeful. We know we have a great and eternal hope in Christ Jesus. We know that we must hope in Jesus. We are always being taught to place our hope in Jesus. But nobody has yet told us that it is not easy to practice Christian hope in the midst of all the pain and the sickness and the suffering in this world. Everybody makes it seem as if Christian hope is easy. It is not. Listen, we all know that Christian life is not just about the immediate. It is even more so about the ultimate. We all know that the Christian life is not just about the now. We know that it is even more so about the ever after. But how on earth do I look beyond the pain and the suffering in the immediate to take hold of the eternal joy in the ultimate? This how is not easy. Somewhere down the line, we have all fooled each other into believing that it is very easy to practice Christian hope. Just believe in Jesus. One day, he's going to come back. He's going to make this world perfect and beautiful all over again. Don't we all believe in that? Of course we do. We all believe in that truth. We all believe in that reality. And yet, in this moment, as we look at over 6.5 lakh people all over the world infected with coronavirus, as we look at the graves of 30,000 people who have died all over the world, as we spend 21 days in lockdown in India living in fear, how on earth are we to cling to this hope of a perfect world that Christ will bring one day? It is easy to believe in the hope of a beautiful and perfect world. Is it easy? Is it easy to believe in the hope of a beautiful and perfect world when the world has slipped into recession and the economic economies of several countries are coming to a grinding halt because of the lockdown? The most beautiful thing the most encouraging thing about this passage that we have read today is that this passage acknowledges that Christian hope is not easy. This passage talks about groaning in hope. It talks about being frustrated in our journey of hope. It talks about waiting for a long time in hope. It talks about being weak and being confused despite our hope. Bear with me for a minute. I'm going to show all of this for us from the passage. But the first thing I'd like to do is to call us to stop believing the lie that Christian hope is easy. It is not. And this truth has huge implications for us. We are not failures as Christians. If we find ourselves sad and lonely and afraid in the present crisis, despite the great Christian hope of eternal life with God. At a time like this, we don't have to be ashamed of ourselves. 
If we feel afraid and sad and despondent and angry and and confused rather than being perfectly poised with hope. You see, Christian hope is not a Barbie doll all dressed up and looking pretty all the time. Christian hope is like life with no makeup. It's not pretty. It's not easy. So my goal this morning is to crucify this fake and fairy tale notion of Christian hope and to give us the real deal. Christian hope is totally free. Totally free. We don't have to do anything to earn it. But real Christian hope is messy. From that, This passage makes that clear. It is hard. If we are trying to fight this corona crisis with a fake and a fairy tale notion of Christian hope, we are probably going to come out feeling that we failed as Christians. On the other hand, if we get a raw and honest and pragmatic understanding of Christian hope, then we are less likely to deal, we are, we are more likely to deal with this crisis a lot better. And this passage that we're looking at today is brilliant in its pragmatism. This passage, this passage beats the crap out of this false, fake, Barbie doll and fairy tale notion of Christian hope. The opposite of hope is despair. Real Christian hope is birthed in despair. Real Christian hope is designed to be fully enjoyed and truly lived out only in the deepest depth of despair. I'd like to draw three things for us from this passage. First, this passage tells us that we will be groaning even in hope. Second, this passage tells us that we will often get frustrated in the long wait for our hope in Christ to be fulfilled. Third, this passage tells us that we will often be weak and confused in our journey of hope. Does that look like a dressed up Barbie doll to you? Not at all. Let me repeat the three things. This passage tells us we will be groaning even as we hope. Second, this passage tells us that we will often get frustrated in the long wait for our hope in Christ to be fulfilled. And third, this passage tells us that we will often be weak and confused in our journey of hope. Let's look at all these three things. I want to start off with the first thing from the passage. This passage tells us that we will be groaning even as we hope. Look at verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pain of childbirth right to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. This passage is telling us that we will be groaning even as we hope. The word groan suggests a deep and inarticulate sound to express pain or sorrow. Groaning has no syntax. 
Groaning has no grammar. Groaning escapes from deep within. Groaning comes from deep within, even beneath our reason. Groaning comes from deep beneath, even beneath our emotions. Christian hope is not like those lovely pictures we all post on Instagram. Christian hope arises from the lament of our groaning. And this groaning is not a sign of lack of faith in Jesus. Groaning is a lamenting of the present pain, even as we look forward to our eternal hope in Christ Jesus. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship and the redemption of our bodies. You see, the great, glorious and eternal hope in Christ that we all have does not pretend that present pain does not exist. I really hope that we're able to see from this passage that deep groaning and eager hope go hand in hand. A Christian response to the present crisis should include both. Think of the two opposite and wrong scenarios. If we are only groaning and don't have eager hope in Christ, despite the present pain, our faith is shallow. We're just being whiners. On the other hand, if we are only hoping and, and pretending there is no pain in the present, our faith is thick. Let me repeat the two opposites. If we are only groaning and don't have eager hope in Christ despite present pain, our faith is shallow. We're just being whiners. On the other hand, if we are only hoping and pretending there's no pain at all in the present, our faith is fake. You see, a good and balanced Christian response to this crisis will include both deep groaning and eager hope. A good and balanced Christian response to this crisis will include both deep lament and high praise. And so, as you are locked up in your home for 21 days, it is okay to groan in our present confinement, but we must also eagerly remember the hope we have in Christ Jesus. As we are faced with real fears of an economic slowdown and job losses and pay cuts, we must grieve the pain of it. But we must also eagerly remember the hope we have in Christ. This passage also gives us a very helpful visual image of what Christian hope looks like. It's not a Barbie doll. It's the image of a pregnant woman in labor giving birth to a child. Verse 22 in the passage that we read paints this portrait for us. We know the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. 
So we are not given a, a Barbie doll image of Christian hope, all dressed up and, and, and pretty. That's not the image we're given. We're given the imagery of a pregnant woman in labor as the image of Christian hope. Has anyone of us seen a pregnant woman on the labor, labor table? It's not a pretty sight. Uh, I haven't seen my wife Aji on the labor table. Uh, I would probably have fainted. Um, I'm reminded of a real incident, a funny incident. Uh, there was this couple and this man was brave enough, unlike me, to, to hold his wife's hand at the labor table. And, um, and uh, the woman, the labor went on uh, for, for a few hours and she was in deep pain. Um, and this man, this man, like most men, like myself, like most men tend to do, um, was, was a little insensitive to the situation. And he, he was kind of giving advice. It's, it's, all, it's all right, baby. Breathe and push. It's all right. Breathe and push. Just breathe and push. And the woman gave the man one slap. This is a real incident. She gave him a slap and she said, this is all because of you. <laughs> it, it's a true story. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not making this, making this up. The Bible presents us with this image of a pregnant woman groaning in her labor pains with no makeup as an accurate picture of Christian hope. And here we are, all of us, believing that Christian hope is easy. You see, it's not just Paul in this passage but even Jesus gives a pregnant woman in labor as an accurate picture of Christian hope. Allow me to read John chapter 16 verses 21 and 22 for us. John chapter 16, 21 and 22. This is Jesus speaking. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of a joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Yes, the woman in labor is groaning. Yes, the pain is unbearable. But there is the joy of holding a newborn baby on the other side of the pain. This groaning in hope is the most accurate picture of what Christian hope really looks like. And we need to learn this in this hour of crisis. Christian hope is not a pretty Barbie doll. Christian hope is a pregnant woman groaning in her labor pains. That's the first thing I wanted to show us from this passage. We will be groaning even now as we hope. And we are groaning. When will this corona crisis get over? But in our groaning, we also eagerly hope in Christ Jesus. The second thing I wanted to draw for us from the passage is that we will often get frustrated in the long wait for our hope to be fulfilled. Look at verse 20. For the creation was subjected to frustration. And then verse 24. 
For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, yet have, we wait for it patiently. Frustration is a real part of waiting. So is hope. So is patience. This passage talking, talks about waiting patiently in hope. How does one learn patience? Do any of us go to a class on patience and learn it? How do we learn patience? We learn patience by being impatient, making mistakes, paying the price for those mistakes of our impatience. It is like that, it is through this we learn patience. And so that's part of the waiting, being impatient, making mistakes, and through our mistakes, in God's grace, learning to be patient. That's part of this waiting. Waiting is a part of God's creation rhythm. When a husband and wife get pregnant, they need to wait for nine months for the baby. It's, the baby is not going to pop the next day. They have to wait for nine months. Sometimes a husband and wife have to wait for months to conceive. That's God's creation rhythm. When a farmer sows his seed, the fruit is not going to pop the next day. He needs to wait patiently for the harvest. These days, it's a long wait even for Maggie noodles. Sure, it takes only two minutes to cook it, but, but wait, follow social distancing, stand in a queue one meter behind the other for about, for, you know, behind the other for about an hour just to go to the grocery shop and buy that and then come back. That takes a lot of time. Like it or not, we are all going to wait for the next 21 days before the lockdown lifts. I hear Australia is talking about a six-month lockdown. You see, this is the second lie that we've believed about Christian hope. The first lie we believe is that Christian hope is easy. The second lie we believe is that Christian hope is instant. It is not instant. We need to wait patiently in hope even though there are times when we will get frustrated in the waiting. That's our sinfulness. If you thought COVID-19, this crisis is bad, wait till you see the end time calamities that the Bible predicts will have to come before Christ comes again. I'm not going to get into all of those details today. But the Bible says we will see plagues and famines and earthquakes and persecution before Christ comes again. If you feel Corona is bad, you ain't seen anything yet, baby. <laughs> We're all called to wait patiently through all the suffering and frustration before Christ comes and delivers us from decay. Christian hope is not instant. And that brings us to the third and the last thing I want to draw for us from this passage. And this is the third thing. We will often be weak and confused in our journey of hope. We will often be weak and confused in our journey of hope. Look at verse 26 in the passage. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, 
but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans this passage is making it clear that weakness exists even in the midst of hope only 3 verses earlier in verse 23 paul says we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship this talks about ego hope but then in verse 26 he says the holy spirit is is helping us in our weakness so paul was saying that we will have present weakness even when we wait eagerly for our future hope in Christ Jesus friends our hope in Christ does not remove our present weakness but it absolutely gives us the grace to live through the present weakness look at verse 26 again it says we do not know what to pray for i think that's the depths of confusion not knowing what to pray for and so this this passage shows us that we may be confused in the present even though we hope in christ for the future and we don't know what to pray for but that's a beautiful thing about this passage we are not left as orphans in our weakness this passage assures us this passage promises us This passage comforts us that the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us in our weakness through wordless groans. On Monday, the 16th of March, all of us at New City, we began gathering on Zoom calls twice a day, 8:30 in the morning and 8:30 in the evening every day. We've been doing it every day ever since. We were we've been humbling ourselves and we've been seeking God through his word we've been praying when we began this prayer a little over 100 people were infected with the coronavirus in india today over a thousand people are infected when we began praying 1 lakh people in the world were infected today over 6 and a half lakh people have been diagnosed of course we are all confused why is god not answering our prayers that's at a macro macro level let me bring it down to a personal level it's quite possible that personally in the future many of us may struggle with economic hardship pay cuts are already happening maybe some of us will have to take it too job losses are happening the economy is 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 a slowing down if that happens to us god forbid But if that happens to us we're going to be weak and confused and we're not going to know what to pray for but we have the assurance that the Holy Spirit himself will intercede for us with groans that words cannot express. Tell me friends is Christian hope easy? Not at all. Christian hope is free but it is not easy. Oh we will be groaning we will be frustrated in our waiting we will be weak and confused all of this is true but equally true is in the midst of all this we will also be hoping and waiting eagerly for our adoption to sonship for the redemption of our bodies christian hope includes both groaning and eagerly waiting for christ
Christian hope doesn't pretend that pain doesn't exist in the present, but Christian hope gives us the grace and the strength to deal with present pain in the light of the great and eternal hope we have in Christ Jesus. We saw earlier that a pregnant woman in labor is a good illustration of what Christian hope really looks like. It's a good illustration, but it is still only an illustration. Is there a real picture? Is there a real person who was groaning in eager hope? Is there a man who was perfect, who was absolutely perfect, both in his groaning and in his hope? Of course there is. There is Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, who was absolutely perfect and sinless, both in his groaning and in his hope. Jesus was both fully God and fully man. The life he lived as a man, he lived as our substitute, living the perfect life on our behalf and then dying on the cross as our substitute again, taking the punishment for all our sins upon himself. And I'd like to close with a picture of what Christian hope was like for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. What did hope look like for Jesus? What did hope look like for Jesus? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 gives us a really good picture. It says, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, it says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. The question is, how did Jesus endure the cross? Allow me to paint for us a picture from God's word of how Jesus endured the cross. I'm reading from Luke chapter 22, verses 41 to 44. This is just before Jesus was arrested before being crucified. Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup of suffering from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And Jesus, being in anguish, and Jesus, being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was groaning in anguish. This is how he endured the cross for the joy set before him. This Jesus groaning in anguish is what authentic Christian hope really looks like. A lot of people see the resurrected Christ as the greatest picture of hope. This is true and this is helpful. 
but this is not complete. The picture of real and authentic Christian hope is incomplete unless we include the picture of Jesus groaning in anguish to his father. Jesus on our behalf, taking the full weight of our sins, taking the full weight of your sins and mine upon himself, taking the full weight of God's just and holy wrath upon himself, taking all that upon himself, Jesus groaned in present pain without ever sinning or losing sight of his father's promise of eternal life for all of us because of his suffering. This picture of Jesus groaning in anguish is essential to complete the picture of what a real and authentic Christian hope looks like. After his suffering, after his death, after his resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven. And when he ascended into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit to come and live in us. And it is this Holy Spirit who enables us to grow in Christian hope. This Holy Spirit, we see from this passage, this Holy Spirit teaches us to groan in a holy manner. This Holy Spirit teaches us to groan and this Holy Spirit also teaches us to eagerly hope both at the same time. Like Christ did, as Christ was our example and our substitute, like Christ did, the Holy Spirit helps us to endure present suffering in the light of the eternal joy and glory that Christ has set before us. This is the beauty of Christian hope. We don't have to pretend to be brave. We don't have to pretend to be brave. Broken people can flourish in Christian hope. Weak people can flourish in Christian hope. That's the, the substance of what I want to leave with us today. Christ Jesus died and rose again to give us this hope. And the Holy Spirit continues this ministry by helping us experience this hope in every moment of pain, suffering, and crisis. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. He endured. He endured unimaginable suffering so that we could one day be free eternally, Lord. And as he rose again and ascended into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, who's going to help us experience who's going to enable us, as this Romans chapter 8 tells us, who's going to enable us to cry out, Abba, Father. And so, Lord, we look to you, Jesus. We look to your Holy Spirit, whom you sent to live in us. We look to him. And we pray, Lord, teach us to groan well. Teach us to lament well, Lord. Teach us to grieve well. But at the same time, 
teach us to hope well. Teach us to cling on to and grow in the hope that we have, in the eternal hope, the hope of eternal life, the hope of a perfect world that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.